0: From the Wright Automotive Group Studios, this is ESPN Pittsburgh. Uh, WPGGAM and WPGBHD2FM, Pittsburgh. Live from Wright, Buick GMC in Wexford on Perry Highway, it is the Crowley Show. <laughs> Tom Offerman with me. Highway. Mouth not working today. It is a long weekend. Perhaps I had a couple of cold ones last night. Perhaps I had more than a couple of cold ones last night. I know Tom did because he smells like alcohol even at this moment. Sweaty Tom. But he's wearing a shirt because we are, as I said, at Wright Buick GMC in Wexford on Perry Highway. They've got the uh, Memorial Day sale going on right now. 2018 GMC Sierras, 2018 GMC Terrain SLEs, 2018 GMC Acadia SLEs, and 2018 Buick Regal Sportback. Come on by. We are here until 1 o'clock. Craig Wolfley might be stopping by. Well, he was going to be stopping by. Now he's not because Tom smells like alcohol. But I'm here. So come on by. Hang out with us until 1 o'clock. Meet us. Get yourself a vehicle and have yourself a tremendous Memorial Day weekend. Do not drink and drive. Uh, Just get the car, park it this weekend, then drive it after the weekend. How's that sound? Hey, how about Joe Musgrove last night, huh? My only Pirates take, we were joking about this, is that Joe Musgrove should be in the bullpen, and he comes out, and he is absolutely dominant last night against the St. Louis Cardinals, and it's only one start, but the return for Garrett Cole is starting to look pretty darn good, is it not? Colin Moran is in the conversation at least. I think for the rookie of the year in the NL, and if Musgrove can come in and be better than what they've had in the rotation, it's worth it. So let me amend my take a little bit. Somebody needs to move out of the rotation and go into the pen so that Nick Kingham can come to the majors and keep Musgrove in the rotation too. Maybe Ivan Nova goes on the DL, maybe Ivan Nova uh, goes to the pen. That guy stinks right now. He just absolutely stinks. Maybe you DFA him. Maybe you say, see you later, like they did to George Contos. Uh, either way, the Pirates rotation looks like it could be a little bit better with uh, now 40% of it changing if we do see Nick Kingham come up. Now, Kingham threw 11 pitches in the first inning yesterday in Triple A, and then did not come out for the rest of the game. Uh, they say it's not injury-related. Does this mean he's being called up to the majors? We shall see. What we do know is that Starling Marte is going to come off the DL today. And does this mean that Austin Meadows goes down? Does this mean that Gregory Polanco gets sent down? He has options. Does it mean that somebody mysteriously winds up on the DL like Gregory Polanco or Jose Osuna? All that I know is that Marte is coming back. And it's all speculation from there. Let me amend my other Pirates take. I've actually had two. The other one was don't move Gregory Polanco out of the Pirates starting lineup. Uh, for Austin Meadows, let Meadows continue to get at-bats at the Triple A level. Well, <laughs> okay, he's been so darn good. You can't really do that, can you? Uh, he has three home runs already. It's more than he had in Triple Uh If you go back through his minor league career, in high A, he had over 500 at-bats and only had a handful of home runs. I believe it was seven. Uh, last year, he had 12 uh, over the course of his minor league season in... About 300 at-bats. Now he's got three in Pittsburgh in about 20. You can't sit him down. This is a team that fancies themselves contenders. At least they should, uh, as they are up in the wild card. They are second in the National League Central and only three games back in the Milwaukee Brewers. You want to keep your best guys around. So, Osuna, DL, maybe. Maybe. Maybe send him down. Polarco, DL, Maybe. Maybe set him down? You've got to take advantage at least right now of the hot bat that Austin Meadows has. Right now, take advantage of his bat. If he only plays the Major League level for the next couple of weeks, at least take advantage of when he's playing his absolute best ball. I found this odd from Austin Meadows, but I suppose it makes sense. He said he's seeing the ball and has more power right now because the lights are better in Major League stadiums. He said he's seeing the ball and in the minors, he doesn't always see the ball, which doesn't speak... All that well of the Miners or of Indianapolis. That might be a little bit of a problem. So that's going on today. The Stanley Cup doesn't start for a couple of days. But hey, it's the UEFA Champions League final. Should we talk about that? Probably not. No. Steelers OTAs continue next week. I, though, want to start here with P. Hill Kessel getting traded. At least that's what our man Mark Madden says could happen. Ron Cook wrote a column ripping Phil Kessel. I keep saying this, but he never does that unless he's got something in the pipeline. He's not going to go out on a limb. That's just not the kind of guy he is. He's not going to go out on a limb and report something or shred someone unless he's getting told to shred someone. So if Madden's saying it and Cook's saying it, then I do think the Penguins are very much trying to trade Phil Kessel. Don't blame the media. It ain't their fault. It's the Penguins. It's what they want to do. The question is, is it what Jim Rutherford wants to do, or is it what Mike Sullivan wants to do? We all know that Phil Kessel is a Jim Rutherford guy. He said he was going to go out and get him. He went out and got him. He said this is exactly what the team needs. They need scoring. They need speed. He comes in and is one of the main reasons, could have easily won the Con Smythe in 2016 for why the Penguins won the Stanley Cup in back-to-back seasons. But if you listen to the comments following the year, locker cleanout day, Mike Sullivan was not willing to blame any of this stuff on injuries, and yet Jim Rutherford was. Well, when Jim Rutherford spoke to Jason Mackey the other day, he downplayed the injury role in why Phil Kessel wasn't as good in the playoffs this year. So it makes me wonder if finally Jim Rutherford's coming around to think like Mike Sullivan and think maybe Phil Kessel doesn't have a place here anymore. And I don't think that that means that there's a disconnect between the GM and the coach. I don't think that it means that these two guys aren't getting along. I think it means that maybe it's just time for a breakup here with Phil Kessel. And as I said yesterday on the radio show, sometimes you have a summer relationship. It's a fling. It's fun. It's tremendous. You have a good time. You're kissing under the boardwalk. You're swimming out there in the ocean. Mad love, babe. But then, you know it's going to end eventually. Penguins had a nice summer fling with Phil Kessel. Three years. He had the best year of his career this year. 92 points. He had a tremendous playoff the last two years. You got out of him pretty much everything you need to get out of him. Now see if you can get a return for him. And the Penguins would. $6.8 $6.8 million alone coming off the books would be enough to help bolster this roster, but beyond that, the return that you could get for Phil Kessel coming off of a 92-point season would be massive. John Tavares is going to be the big fish on the free agency pot. but if you're looking for available players, is there anybody else other than John Tavares who's better than Phil Kessel who's going to be available? Absolutely not. Uh, Anze Kopitar had 92 points this year, and he is going to be a Hart Trophy finalist. He could win the league's MVP. That's how many points Phil Kessel had. So you have MVP caliber production that's going to be available. I think it would be selling high for Jim Rutherford, and I think that that's one of the reasons why he has come around to saying goodbye, Mr. Phil Kessel. If you want to chime in, 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Of course, you can get after me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. We are live from Wright Buick GMC in Wexford on Perry Highway. It is the Memorial Day sale, a Memorial Weekend sale. So come on out here. We'll be here until 1 o'clock. As for what else is going on in the National Hockey League, it's Caps, it's Vegas, it's Monday, it's the Cup Final, and it is without a doubt the best thing that could happen to the National Hockey League. It is. Uh, I think that maybe Penguins going for history in the three-peat against Vegas and Marc-Andre Fleury would be huge. But this is just as big, I think, for the sport. Because Washington's getting reinvigorated as a hockey market. You've got Baltimore chiming in, and it's a little annoying. You know, they're adopting the hockey club. But hey, more hockey fans out there, more people watching. It's good for the league. Great. Uh, Alex Ovechkin is one of the best stars this game's ever seen, and one of the best stars certainly in the last 20 years. Uh, Him and Sidney Crosby are the only true peers for one another. That is appealing not just to hockey fans, but I think it's appealing to fans nationwide. The casual fan, you're going to have a lot of people tuning in to see him and his talents finally try to break through. Meanwhile, on the other side, it's the greatest story in sports. It just is. It ain't... The Houston Rockets going to thwart the Golden State Warriors, although that's a big story. It's not that surprising given how good Houston was this year, one of the best offensive teams ever, if you believe in some of the analytics. But Vegas didn't have a shot because they didn't have a team a year ago. And now they do, and they have a team in the Stanley Cup final. That's huge. You have a new market that is factoring in the ratings that had never factored really in the ratings before. People go out to Vegas, uh, you go to the sports books, and you're going to watch the games on TV. It's a little bit different now. If you look at the top 10 markets in terms of ratings for the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, Vegas is number two behind Pittsburgh. It's a market they didn't have before. So you've got that going in, but you've also got the country buying in to see this story. You've got the country buying in to see this group of ragtag hockey players that none of the other general managers in the league wanted band together to try to thwart Alex Ovechkin. Not to mention, and this is more for the rabid hockey fan, not necessarily so much the uh, casual fan, but you've got George McPhee, the former general manager of the Washington Capitals. uh, Never took them to a cup final, save for 98, whenever that wasn't really his team. It was his first year on the job. Now... Taking Vegas there in his first year against his old team, it makes my head want to explode as a hockey fan. So I'm looking forward to it. I still don't have a feel. I have to give a prediction. Yin's want one from me. You do. You need to know what to think. I'm leaning Washington. I really am. I'm leaning Washington in like six or seven games. Yeah, I really think Washington's that good. I do. I think they're so structurally sound that you're going to see the first game be awful, first of all. Uh, both teams are so structured. They're going to feel each other out. It's going to be gross. It's going to be awful to watch. Second game, though, I think it's going to be reckless abandon, and then from that point forward, it should be a hell of a series. But Washington's got more talent, I still think, than Vegas. Uh, their goaltender's playing just a notch below Marc-Andre Fleury, but he's also playing very well. I think that Washington ultimately gets it done because, as well as Vegas is structured, so is Washington, and Washington's got more high-end talent. That being said, I would not be shocked at all if Vegas pulled the thing up. I wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked. Coming up next, you want to know what compromise looks like? It looks like the National Basketball Association, not like the NFL. We are live from Wright Buick GMC in Wexford on Perry Highway. Come on out! Get yourself a vehicle. We're here until 1 o'clock on ESPN Pittsburgh. Live from Wright Buick GMC in Wexford on Perry Highway, it is Adam Crowley. Tom Offerman on the scene. Brian LaMartina back in the studio. It's the only way we do things here. we got to be a team. It's who we are. I ain't doing a show without Tom and Brian. No way. It's in my contract. All right, it's not in my contract. But we're like three peas in a pod. But do come out to right, Buick GMC. We're here until 1 o'clock. It doesn't mean you can't come by all weekend long. 2018 GMC Sierras. 2018 GMC Terrain SLEs. 2018 GMC Acadia SLEs. And 2018 Buick Regal Sportbacks all on sale. Come on by. Uh, shake Tom's hand. He's wearing a shirt, which is not typical for him. Uh, shake my hand. I'm always wearing a shirt. We're here till 1. It's a lot of fun. Having a blast. Bucko's at 4 o'clock today. Big series against St. Louis. It's not that hard to fall back in love with them, no. It's not. I said that they needed to go 7-2 and two in that stretch against the bad competition they were going to play. They played the Padres, the White Sox, and they played the Reds. And they lost 3 out of 4 against the White Sox, or pardon me, the Padres. They lost 2 out of 3 against the Reds. They went 4 out of 5 in the stretch that I said they needed to go 7-2 and in in order for me to feel really good about this baseball club. But then last night, Musgrove goes out, and he's dominant. Not just good, he's dominant. He threw 67 pitches in 7 innings. And it was against a good St. Louis Cardinals team a team that I hate, and any time they beat them, you get happy about it. You win two out of three in this series, and all of a sudden, you start to feel pretty good again. As much as they were bad in that last nine-game stretch, you have to factor in the fact that they didn't have Starling Marte, who, in my opinion, is one of their best three players, or this year is one of their best three players. He might be their best overall player, but the way that Dickerson and Cervelli played might push him down to third, but you kind of need that guy. You kind of need him to be out there, and... Maybe I'll talk myself back into that being the reason that they lost some of those games. He'll get back today. We'll see if he's in the lineup, but you beat St. Louis 2 out of 3, you're going to feel okay about this club, uh, especially because St. Louis is banged up, and you can perhaps take advantage of that, not just in this series, but they'll play the Cubs, and then they'll play St. Louis again. If you're playing St. Louis again, then maybe take advantage of that as well. We shall see. But I'm buying in. Sort of. Sort of buying it. It's something that we've done all year on the show. Uh, I've doubted the Pirates, and then they make you want to believe a little bit, and then I've doubted the Pirates. And the doubt's always going to be overarching, as far as I'm concerned, until they get to the trade deadline and our contenders and either help the team by adding or don't dismantle it. That being said, this isn't a bad baseball team, and the longer that they can kick the can down the road, Number one, the better our show is going to be. And number two, the better summer is going to be. There's nothing better than a good baseball team in the summer. I mean, maybe a beer on your deck on a hot summer eve, but not much better than that, I don't think, than 162 of something that's competitive. 162 of something that's bad is awful. The Pirates aren't awful. And they're right there. And 4 5 today, they've got an opportunity to put their best foot forward against the St. Louis Cardinals for the second game in a row. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number to call. We are live from Wright, Buick, GMC, in Wexford on Perry Highway. I talked yesterday on the program about the NFL and how they've screwed up the uh, anthem controversy, and I don't want to get into whether or not you're for the kneeling. I don't want to get into whether or not you hate the kneeling. That's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is how bad the NFL screwed up by trying to kowtow to one side and really not doing a good job of satisfying either. Uh, They tried to compromise. Art Rooney II said that he thinks that this is a good plan to compromise. If players want to kneel, they can just stay in the locker room. And then if players want to stand, they can all come out there and stand. But it's not a compromise because players are going to feel foolish coming out of the locker room. It's going to be the same thing as if they were kneeling down in the first place. The backlash is going to be awful. Compromise in the NFL is nothing. Compromise in the NBA it's a little bit different. Did you see the statement released by the Milwaukee Bucks after Sterling Brown was tased by police officers? Uh, They called the police officers out. Uh, They said that this was not good. Now, whether or not you want to agree on that, I don't want to have that conversation. But... You have to admit that's a good look for the players of the NBA when a team in the NBA is saying, we got your back, pal. That's an NBA team admitting that there actually is a problem. The NFL never did anything like that. Is the NBA better at this than the NFL? Well, they don't allow players to stand for the anthem, but Silver allowed players to wear I Can't Breathe t-shirts. Donald Sterling, the racist owner of the Clippers, was forced to sell his team. NBA coaches like Stan Van Gundy, Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr, they routinely complain about the president and moral and political issues without any recourse from the league, as does LeBron James and a bunch of other players. The NBA can get away with making players stand for the anthem because the players know that the league has their blessing and will allow them to get their message out. That is real compromise. Don't kneel. And you can say whatever you want. At no point has the NFL ever really talked about the police brutality. At no point has it been said that the players might have a point. Players feel like they're being listened to but not heard. It's just token listening. And saying that they can stay in the locker room during the anthem isn't because the league is really hearing their message, but just as a way to guard against the backlash of kneeling. The NFL is not really trying to compromise. They're trying to play both sides. The NBA is using empathetic language. And it's using understanding dialogue, and that's bought itself enough equity in asking its players to stand for the anthem. Real compromise is give and take. The NFL's trying to take everything while masking their true intentions. The NBA allows players and coaches to mouth off and send messages, just not at the anthem. Look, the NBA ain't perfect, but they got it right with the players. That's what real compromise looks like. 412 922 2874. As for Art Rooney II, He said, quote, but I don't think it's that complicated to interpret what kind of actions manifest a protest, end quote. Players do know what they're supposed to do, what they should do, what they shouldn't do. They raise a fist in the air, they're probably going to get some recourse. They're probably going to get disciplined for that. I don't think that that bothers the players as much as what number six in the new policy says, which is Roger Goodell can determine what is punishable and he can determine the punishment. The NFL players are so sick and tired of having Roger Goodell have carte blanche on everything, and this is just another thing that he has carte blanche on. Uh, Players don't know what is suspendable in terms of the domestic abuse. Now, they have new rules now that they didn't have when the Ray Rice stuff went down, but it still seems to be fairly ambiguous. Uh, The drug stuff, uh, they do have policies in place, but Roger Goodell is the judge, jury, and the executioner. Now... In this instance, it's the same thing. Now, the CBA gives them all that power. Uh, Even the courts ruled that. That's why Tom Brady eventually wound up getting suspended for deflategate. Uh, But it is frustrating to the league that you see this again. And this is not done, not by a long shot. Week one is going to be a bleep show. And the CBA negotiations are going to be awful. Awful. There might be a lockout. For the first time that I can remember, I really feel like the NFL might be in trouble in terms of a lockout. The NFL players would like to push back on the marijuana suspensions. The NFL players would like to push back on guaranteed contracts. The NFL players would like to push back on the franchise tag. And now the NFL players would like to push back on Roger Goodell having carte blanche again in a different category, this time the national anthem. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be painful. It's going to be awful. And the league is going to suffer, and they probably actually deserve to. They probably do deserve to suffer because of the way that they've treated their players in the past and the way that they've handled things public relations-wise. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about the Steelers' pass rush, which needs to improve. Yes, I realize they set a franchise record in sacks last year, but they need to be better. Plus, the NFL ratings are dropping for many reasons, not just because of the anthem controversy. We're live from Wright Buick, GMC, in Wexford on Perry Highway. It's Adam Crowley here until 1 o'clock. Stop on by. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. Live from Wright Buick GMC in Wexford on Perry Highway. It is Adam Crowley, Tom Offerman, also along with me, Brian Lamartina, back in the studio. Hey, it's the first time I read it correctly on the first read through. Perry Highway. Not that it's hard to say. It's just I'm old, I'm getting old. Might have had a beer or two last night. GMC Sierra's 2018 on sale. 2018 GMC Terrain SLES. 2018 GMC Acadia SLEs, and 2018 Buick Regal Sportbacks. Come on by, see us. We're here until 1 o'clock, but you might want to wait until we leave anyhow. Let's be real. And you can, all weekend long, uh, come on out here to Wright Buick GMC. It is the Wexford Memorial Day sale. The Buckos play at 4.05 today. We're going to get in the Steelers in a moment or two, but Polanco has not been playing great. Meadows has set the world on fire. I mean, this guy. I said that Colin Moran might win the rookie of the year, but Meadows might just take it from everybody. The way that he's come up and played ball uh, of late. Uh, Maybe Osuna gets sent down. Maybe it's Nova who gets sent down. Uh, Maybe somebody gets a phantom injury. Perhaps Polanco tweaks his leg dancing in the clubhouse celebration or something like that after last night's victory. Uh, They can't send Meadows down. Although they might. And if they do, I'll lose my mind. And then I'll have another Pirates take. Hey, how about that? That might be the best thing for the show is if they send Austin Meadows down. Uh, The Pirates are always worried about Super 2. The Pirates are always worried about getting guys enough at-bats at the AAA level. Uh, I didn't think that Austin Meadows was ready for the big time. Uh, I didn't think that he was going to come up here and show up show out, and he has. Uh, I wonder if one of the reasons why, or maybe the primary reason why, he wasn't as good in the minors is because he was battling injuries so much. Uh, Either way, you got to have him in the lineup now. you got to take advantage of the hot hand. You just have to. Uh, If you've got a guy dealing out of the bullpen, you're more likely to go to him in the 7th or 8th inning. Uh, If you've got a guy hitting bombs, you're more likely to want to keep him in the lineup until he's not hitting bombs anymore. I don't care if he's the prospect of the future. I don't care if he's the next savior in center field for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't care about any of that. What I care about is right now, and right now he's giving the Pirates the best chance to win. Uh, Don't send him down. You can't send him down. You have to keep him in the lineup. And this is a complete 180 flip from where I was prior to his call-up. But you have to allow circumstances to dictate the way that you think. If new science comes out, you have to use the new science. Uh, If you learn something, you're going to be a better person for it. Things change when information changes. Gregory Polanco's not playing well. Austin Meadows, when he was coming up, I said he's not ready for the big time. Well, the information that we have now, the three home runs, his high batting average, his ability to gracefully play center field, that information changes my opinion on whether or not he should remain here. And I think it should for the Pirates, too. Uh, the Pirates had a plan in place. Rob Beertemple wrote about this in The Athletic, that they were going to send him down one way or another. Well, you have to rethink it. You just have to. you got to kick that plan away. You can't say, oh, this guy's been great, but we need him to season more in Triple A." Maybe he does go back down at some point this season. Maybe he finishes the year in AAA. Maybe you don't see Austin Meadows come back up until it's the September call-up period. But you have to at least, for now, ride him out. For now. Maybe it's only two weeks. Maybe he cools off. When he cools off, then you send him back down. But take advantage of this pop right now. It's like Garrett Jones. A little bit different because Garrett Jones was never looked at as a huge prospect. He didn't really make his way into the big leagues until... He was 29 years old. But the guy hit a bunch of bombs in his first 20 games with the Pittsburgh Pirates. you got to let that guy stay in the lineup. You've got to let Austin Meadows stay in the lineup. And I don't care who it screws with. I don't care if Polanco gets boo-boo face. I don't care if Osuna is angry that he might get sent down to AAA. Uh, I don't care if Nova is upset that he might go on the DL. I don't care about any of that. I care about giving the team the best chance to win and none of those guys are helping the Pirates win today. Meanwhile, Austin Meadows is four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. As always, you can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Uh, we are live from Wright Buick GMC in Wexford on Perry Highway. We will be for another twenty six or so minutes. So come on out, say hello, give Tom a high five, uh, maybe tip him too. Uh, he's not getting paid all that well. I joke, I kid. No, you should. Really, tip him. The Steelers OTAs continue. I did not go this week. It was hot. Uh, I'm a I'm a baby. I'd have to put all the sunscreen on, so I didn't go. But we talked to Dale Lally about it. A lot of the information coming out is about the Steelers' defense, and that's why that's where a lot of the questions were. Pardon me, going in to Steelers OTAs. Do they have enough on that side of the ball to be a legitimate? Super Bowl contender. Because we know that they do on offense. You know Antonio Brown's going to be the best wide receiver in football. You have a good idea that Le'Veon Bell's going to be a top five back in football. You know the Steelers' offensive line is one of the best in the game. Vance McDonald, when healthy, is a really good tight end. Juju Smith-Schuster coming off the heels of a very good rookie season. Uh, You bring in a very solid second-round pick in James Washington. The offense will be fine. Uh, And more so than fine, they're going to be championship-caliber. They have a shot to be one of the best units in the entire league. Offense, defense, special teams, that offense the Steelers could put out there, now being coordinated by Randy Feigner, has a chance to be Super Bowl caliber. But last year, they put up 42 points in the playoff game and lost. Why? Because the defense, not Super Bowl caliber. Uh, and in fact, it was poop. It was toilet bowl caliber. Not good enough. Not good enough. And they didn't, I think, address their biggest position of need enough inside linebacker. I think the pass rush last year was overrated to the point where they didn't address that either. And you wonder, how can they get better? Well, here's how. You flip-flop Bud Dupree and TJ Watt. You make it tougher to find a way to scheme and game plan for those guys. You utilize all the safeties you have brought in. Morgan Burnett, uh, Terrell Edmonds, uh, guys like that. And you utilize them in the sub-package football as your linebackers. But even if all that works, even if those things help the Steelers become a better defense this season, you need to get more in terms of a consistent pass rush. You just have to. Tim Benz wrote a really good piece for Breakfast with Benz in the Tribune Review or TribLive.com about the Steelers inflated, inflated and bloated. Sack totals from last year. Set a franchise record, but they were putting up 20 sacks against the Browns and against Houston. Those offensive lines were right on par with the Steelers' defense last year uh, and would be good enough for the toilet bowl. Uh, They weren't good. They weren't good at all. They got 20 sacks in three games, which means you spread out the rest of the 35 in 13 games. That's not a terrible number. But it's not good. It's not great. It's not good enough. They need consistent pressure on the quarterback. Mike Hilton had a handful of sacks last year. You going to count on that happening again? You think that's going to be replicated? You had Vince Williams have eight sacks last year. Do you think that's going to be replicated? Do you think that's really going to happen again? <laughs> I doubt it. So, where are you going to get your sacks from? Are going to be blitzing? Those safeties? you going to bring Sean Davis off the edge? You're going to have to continue to be creative? Maybe. But I'd rather see it come from that defensive line. I'd rather see it come from the outside linebackers. And maybe the trickle-down effect from having so many better cover guys on the back end is that you don't have to have guys like Bud Dupree and TJ Watt rush, or drop back into coverage, pardon me. Perhaps those guys can focus on getting after the quarterback and the guys in the back end, the trail Edmonds, the Sean Davis, the Artie Burns, uh, the Mike Hiltons, all those guys, Cameron Sutton, they cover well enough that you can allow your outside linebackers to do what they do best or what they should do best. Uh, T.J. Watt had seven sacks last year as a rookie. You want to see him get to ten. Bud Dupree has so much freaking potential. He makes me pull my hair out. That guy should be up around ten sacks. If you can get that from those guys and then have the defensive line play the way that they're capable of, and they are capable of it, Then you're cooking. That's what you need. You can't count on your safeties bringing pressure. You can't count on your middle linebackers bringing pressure. You can count on those five, and they need those five to get after the quarterback. I thought Cam Hayward had his best year as a Steeler last year. And it's really not close. Now, he did not play well in the playoff game. He got pushed around, didn't get after the quarterback. It was awful. But the way he played in the regular season, you need him to replicate that. And then Stephon Tewitt, who I think is a more athletic guy than Cam Hayward, who fits the part, who looks like if you grow defensive linemen on trees, that guy is the tree. That guy needs to take a step similar to what Cam Hayward did last year. Go from a guy who is just a guy to a guy who can be a Pro Bowl caliber player. Cam Hayward was all pro last year. Stephon Tewitt needs to be Pro Bowl this year. And if those guys can do that, have the replicated success for Cam, and have the step forward for Stephon to it, then you're looking at a team that, if you're playing with a lot of leads based on the offense, that can really be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. You're looking at a team that can challenge, not just in the AFC, but for the whole darn thing. One thing to pay attention to, though, the AFC is going to be a hell of a lot better this year. I don't think Kansas City's going anywhere. They bring in Patrick Mahomes, but I think Denver's going to be a little bit better. Oakland was supposed to be good last year. I think they're going to be good this year. Uh, you look at Jacksonville; they're going to be good. New England's always good. I think the Steelers are going to have to fight through five or six Super Bowl caliber teams in the AFC this year, whereas last year there were two they had to battle through. Maybe Tennessee takes their step this year. They've got a great offensive line and running game. Eh, it's going to be tough. Eh, it's going to be tough. L.A. Chargers, too. Tom's team. We're live from Wright Buick GMC in Wexford on Perry Highway. We'll be here until 1 o'clock. It's Adam Crowley. Tom Offerman, whispering things in my ear. Sweet nothings on ESPN (music) Pittsburgh. Live from Wright Buick GMC in Wexford on Perry Highway, it is Adam Crowley. Tom Offerman here as well. It is the Wright Buick GMC Wexford Memorial Day Sale, baby! 2018 GMC Sierras, 2018 GMC Terrain SLEs, 2018 GMC Acadias, and 2018 Buick Regal Sportsbacks. Let me just go through the spiel here, because I haven't done that. Uh, I've told you what they've got on sale. Let me get into what the deals are. Uh, The 2018 GMC Sierra this month at Wright Buick GMC purchased that car, uh, the Sierra Denali double cab for $11,000 off MSRP. The Memorial Day sale is going on now. and With over 90 years of customer satisfaction, you can't go wrong when you choose Wright, Route 19 Wexford, or online at WrightGMCBuick.com GMC is professional grade. Uh, also, Terrain SLEs. Uh, you can lease a 2018 Terrain SLE with all-wheel drive from 159 a month for 24 months and 10,000 miles per year. Of course, the memorial sale going on now. Uh, the Acadia. Uh, you can lease the Acadia SLE from 279 a month for 46 months and 10,000 miles per year. You can purchase instead and receive up to $10,000 off MSRP and the Regal Sportsback this month at Wright Buick GMC. You can purchase the redesigned 2018 Regal Sportsback and get 0% financing. Hello, for 60 months. Uh, The Memorial Day sale is going on now. We are here for another 13 minutes. Might hang around for a little bit after as well. There are burgers, there are dogs. Come on out and hang out at Wright Buick GMC in Wexford, right here on Perry Highway. Uh, one of the, the people I follow on Twitter from the Penns blog, or formerly the Penns blog, I used to follow the Penns blog all the time during uh, the Stanley Cup runs in 2008 and 2009. In fact, it got me through uh, high school at that point. He tweeted out, nothing better than grabbing a beer and plopping down on a porch chair and just looking at the lawn you just cut. Is there a better beer than that, Tom? There is not a better beer. I than agree. That. And I don't even cut grass. But still. Oh, that's damn that's it. The best okay, well, you, can you can't say that no, then. No, I agree completely. I had to dig out and wheelbarrow a whole bunch of mulch yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago because we had a tree cut down, and instead of taking the mulch, they ground down the stump, and the mulch just sat there. And it was a big pile in my front yard, and I dug and dug and dug and dug and dug. And dug. And it took me like seven hours, and it was sun beaten down. It was awful, but I sat down with an ice cold brew on my deck after that, and nothing has ever tasted better on my lips. No,
1: nothing ever will either. No. Mulching is awful too. You get, I'm doing all, that you get your hands all dirty, and it's just—it's just a total grind. And, and you're right. I—the best thing to look forward to tomorrow for you is that beer after your mulching, oh, and man. you look out at that freshly mulched yard, and you just. Damn, that looks good. It's going to smell good, too. I love the smell
0: of mulch. The smell of mulch and the beer, whenever you've got a little bit of sunburn on the back of your neck, that is salt. Although, beach beer right up there?
1: It is, but too many beach beers can be a problem. I I don't want to sound like a wuss here, but you do have to mix in a water when you're at the beach. When that sun's just pounding down on you all day long, and, and if you've had like seven beers in a row... That's just a formula for disaster. So You're
0: right about that because hot take on the beach, there's so much stimulation going on exactly. that you don't know that you're that drunk. Then you go back for the walk to your place or you get back in the place and you shower up and you're standing there and you're not standing for long because you fall over. And you're done for the night. Your whole night. Oh, over. it's over. It's just, you oh, you sleep all day. Yep. Dude, when the wind's blowing, when the wind is blowing and you're wet and the sun's pounding down, you have no idea that you're intoxicated. You just don't. Maybe the pool beer. Pool beer's a good one. Pool beer's a good one. Jump in the pool, cool off oh. a little bit. I love that feeling. You're hot. I always sit there for about a half hour and get stupid baking hot so that I don't feel great. But then you jump in, you sit there, and you have your beer. Yes. And then if you get warm again, you just jump right jump back right in. right back in the pool. Yeah.
1: When you were a kid, did you ever do the uh, jacuzzi to pool move? Oh, daddy. You sit in the jacuzzi, get really hot, and the pool's ice cold. Oh, you daddy. But it's so much fun. I hate that now. But, at, but when you were younger, As a child, it was, awesome. it was excellent. It was tremendous. It's as good as it gets. Yes.
0: I love this time of year. Oh, it's the best. I do.
1: What beer are you going to go with tomorrow?
0: Have you decided yet,
1: or is it a game-time
0: decision? Well, I'm trying to think through the sponsors. Probably an ice cold Bud Light. Me too. Yeah. Good call.
1: Always refreshing. Yeah,
0: it's the perfect beer for whatever happened. For whatever happened. Yeah, and it's beer that you can count on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Always. Yes, tremendous. Love Bud Light. Yes. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't. Just give me a, cu- a cold Pilsner. Something that's not too heavy. I'm a big Guinness guy. You know that. But uh, Not in the summer, right? Uh, at night in the summer. But
1: not the not hot der- summer day. Not a hot
0: summer day. No, you got you to gotta go Pilsner. Uh, last night I was pounding a couple of Bud Lights in. It was delightful. Uh, Pirates hoping to pound the Cardinals for the second day in a row. Uh, the Cardinals, they might be doing it with more smoke and mirrors than the Pirates are. They really might. They're a talented baseball club, but they're banged up. The Pirates have an ability now to take advantage. I talked about that stretch where the Pirates played nine games against bad teams. If you look at what the Cardinals are putting out there right now with the injuries they've got going on and the fact that uh, we saw Molina take a pitch to the penis, that might be 12 games in a row against bad teams. The Cardinals are a good overall baseball team. Over the course of a 162-game season, I think it'll play out that they're a team that finishes above 500, But right now, they're not great. So the Pirates have to take advantage. Win two out of three here. Go to Chaitan. And you'll play four against the Cubs there. And if you can break even and then come back and go to St. Louis and win two out of three, I think you'll feel okay. I think you'll feel okay about that. I think you can survive. And it's all about... Being five six games over five hundred by the time that the Fourth of July rolls around, it's about being five or six games over five hundred uh, by the time the trade deadline rolls around. If the Pirates play five hundred ball between now and then, they're going to be okay. Uh, they're going to survive because in this sport, not even in this league, but in this sport, you're it's designed to keep as many teams around as possible because of the wild card. Uh, in the second wild card. You don't have to be great to achieve that. And the Pirates, well just go five hundred. Yeah, let's go five hundred between now and the deadline, and they'll be right there. And hey, maybe they won't sell everybody off. Although hmm don't necessarily have faith in that. Trevor Williams, pitching for the Buccos today. He's been their best guy all season long. Five and 5 ERA and he's going up against Flaherty, who is Bullpen gut. i getting a start here. It's a game the Pirates should win. Uh, I keep saying that Trevor Williams is going to regress to the mean. I keep saying that Trevor Williams will be a guy who finishes with an ERA around 3.5 or 3.75. He's not a 3.05 guy that he's got right now. But, again, he's pitching about as well as anybody on this team. Uh, not named Joe Musgrove after yesterday. And you expect that to continue. And then Jameson Tyone tomorrow. This is a great opportunity for the Pirates. It really is. The wild card was Musgrove, and he pitched great. Uh, Tyone's been up and down, but he's one of your best players. And Trevor Williams has been your best player. They need to take advantage of this series. They absolutely have to. uh, And they're set up now better than the Cardinals are in this series. Just are. We are at Wright Automotive, GMC, in Wexford. Perry Highway. Brian's telling me in my ear. I knew it. Uh, just slowing the cadence down for effect. You were worried about me though, pal. A little bit. It's okay. It's all right. I got your back. Yeah, we're good. That is why. Uh, this is why I have to work with you guys. It's why it's package deal. The Holy Triumvirate. What should we call ourselves? We haven't. We haven't named ourselves. The
1: again. Holy Triumvirate?
0: Yeah, that's a thing, right? I get is now. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's- it wasn't before, though? I don't know. I don't, never, I don't think I so. I don't
1: know. It works for me. Okay, very good.
0: Which one are you, Tom?
1: Out of the Holy Triumphant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the cool. shirtless one. Yeah.
0: Jesus. The wasabi-eating
1: shirtless one. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes Brian... Brian's God. Yes. Because he's the voice in my head right now. And he always is blowing clouds everywhere, he goes.
0: And I'm the Holy Spirit. Naturally. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, we got a thing here. We do. We'll bring it to our show on Mon- on Tuesday. We're off for the weekend. We are. How about that? Whole, beer, food.
1: Yes. Pork shoulder. Oh, enough of you, pork <laughs> shoulder. I'm going to eat ribs today, I think, though. Are you? I am. Ooh, that sounds good. Did you burger dog last night? I went burger, burger, double burger. Didn't make any dogs. Very nice. Tom, yeah. did you get an invite for ribs today? I didn't get an invite for ribs, Brian. Huh, me neither. interesting can Uh, I come over for some pork shoulder you absolutely can anytime open invitation all the time I will be there as soon as we're done here can I come um sure I could bring beer okay you're in
0: I'm in let's do it what kind of beer are you bringing (laughs) Bud Light okay cool then you're in yeah absolutely alright come on Bud Light right Buick GMC in Wexford it could be a good weekend Come on by, though, just because we're leaving, and we are, doesn't mean that you can't come on by and get involved in the uh, sales weekend here at Wright Buick GMC in Wexford, uh, right off of Perry Highway. Uh, Not a far drive at all if you live around the city. Uh, If you are up around Wexford, uh, you need to be here. Hell, you all need to be here because all the deals are so good. Uh, Thanks so much to them for having us out, and we'll be back at it on Tuesday from 4 o'clock until 7 for the Crowley Show right here on ESPN Pittsburgh.